0: Hello, and uh, welcome. Thank you for listening. Uh, We're glad that you are tuned in. Uh, We are bringing you another review, and um, we hope that uh, you'll enjoy it. Uh, My name is Juan, here with Kevin. Hello! we like movies. All right, that's enough from our studio audience um, uh, Just a quick reminder Before we get into it um, To follow us uh, Especially if this is your first time listening uh, Subscribe uh, So that you Do not miss uh, any episodes We are We got a few more episodes in, um, in this season In season 2 So again if you have not heard every episode there's plenty in our catalog uh to go back and listen to there are some gems there but uh after that we will will be uh taking a brief hiatus and uh hopefully coming back for season three uh maybe with uh the third member of our party uh mr mark and uh And, uh, yeah, we'll have some new movies to look at. But until then, yeah, follow us, subscribe, um, comment. Let us know if there's any movies that you want us to review uh, here in Season 3. Doesn't matter how old or how recent. um, We will uh, take it into consideration. And, um, uh, and yeah, uh, also, yeah, just like it and share if you can. Uh, All right. So tonight's uh, offering comes from the wacky mind of Kevin, who uh, will, will, will wait to hear uh, his reasoning for picking this film. Um, But uh, I can tell you that it is called I Used to Be Famous. It uh, can be found as only, I believe, streaming on Netflix. It is a 2022 film uh, that has a runtime of an hour and 44 minutes. Um... Let's see here. It is directed by Eddie Sternberg in his uh, feature film directorial debut. The screenplay is written by Zach Klein and also by Mr. Sternberg. It stars Ed, help me out here, Scrine? Scrine? Skrin? Yes. Scrine. Skr- Scrine. Ed Scrine, who you may know from uh, as the villain in the original Deadpool. Um, Also stars Leo Long and Eleanor Matsuura. It is uh, produced by 40 Foot Pictures. Again, distributed by Netflix. Uh, Was shot in the UK. Um, And let me give you a very quick breakdown of what the movie is about. It follows Vince, a desperate former pop star who dreams of making a comeback. An impromptu jam session with autistic young drummer, Stevie, sparks an unexpected friendship between the two misunderstood musicians. So that is I Used To Be Famous. Uh, Kevin, why don't you go ahead and give us the scoop on why you picked this and uh, maybe, your uh, first thoughts? All right. The drums
1: that bring me in. Thank you. Um, I I caught the trailer on Netflix one day with Ava, and we watched it. We're like, "Ooh, we really want to see this movie." And she's been asking to watch it. And I was like, "All right, I, I really it was on my list to watch for y'all." And it just looked like a lighthearted you know, a feel-good movie. And I was like, ooh, I really want to do one of these feel-good movies like... It was British. It was like about a boy type movie. That's what I thought it was going to be. And that's basically why I want to see it. I love the poster for it, too. And I just love the aesthetics that were in the trailer. So I was like, let's give this a shot. And that's basically my whole uh, reasoning for it. Just that I really like the trailer. And overall, watching it, I'm... It's a movie I'm glad I saw. it. I may have gotten really deep into it when, when we'll talk about unpacking the movie. But overall, like I said, it's just about these broken people who find each other. There's, you know, a mom who who's giving everything to her son and can't let go. It's a son who feels guilty about he thinks he costs his mom something. And it's a guy who is trying to recapture something he thinks is going to make him whole again after he had this terrible loss and he's chasing something. And it's about people trying to get what they think they need and then finding out what they really do need. And hmm. That's And that's my gist of it.
0: Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't disagree that some of those things are there. But... Uh, I was not uh, enamored with this film um, it was for the most part pretty bland I felt it was not great storytelling um, it, was, it was it was it was it was a lifetime movie or a Hallmark movie um, it was uh, contrived and formulaic and artificial and um, including a big climactic uh final performance that's meant to generate uh all the feels and all pull all the emotional heartstrings. um but uh, so it had a little bit of a high there but really throughout the movie i felt like it was pretty bad storytelling pretty bad character development um just just um asking the audience to fill in a bunch of gaps, um, that they left, uh, underdeveloped, um, which a more robust and profound story I think would have, would have done. So yeah, was not impressed. Felt like for the most part, it was a waste of my time. Um, it's charm was lost on me. Um, I won't knock the acting. The acting was good. But, uh, but yeah, everything else felt forced, and it just felt like a vehicle with a message about, you know, inclusivity for people um, that uh, are autistic or, you know, affected by some sort of um, maybe mental handicap that yeah. I agree. Shouldn't limit them from participating, and I think we've seen that done more more successfully and unconvincingly in in other stories. Uh, again, in this one, it felt forced and, and contrived.
1: So like, I, I will I will say the build up, like the, the beginning part of the story, a lot of it was cliched. You yeah. know what I mean. Um, I do think the resolution to to their issues, I felt like. Subverted some of the cliche because I thought they were going to go be a band, I thought they were going to make it big at first. So, at least I subverted my thoughts of the clicheness where it was going. Um, I don't think it's all necessary about um, inclusivity for like people with autism or asthma or whatever it's called now, but I do think it was about, like I said, um, there's a time where this boy's growing up, but his mom doesn't want to let him go, you know what I mean? She was afraid to let him do anything. And she was holding him back. And again, I don't think that's for all of them. I just think it's on this story. You know, it. You know, and again, again, it could have dealt more with you know the pain that he was feeling because he felt like he he was holding his mom back from doing her dreams and dancing. Um, it was showing her not being able to let go of him because again, you you give your whole life to your child, and your child's like, I don't need you anymore. I'm growing up. And I think, and and at least that seemed to me was really, really good because it's even if your child doesn't have autism or a disability or any of that stuff, it's just getting to that point where your your child doesn't need you anymore. You need to back off. And Mm -hmm. I I thought that that presented like like I said, I thought there were good parts along, even though some of it, like a a lot of it, was cliched leading up. And then I really liked. some of the stuff that they were dealing with, like Ed Screen, Vince's character, the mm-hmm. Vince character. Mm-hmm. Um, Like I said, I really, again, I might have gone too deep into it. I saw it twice. You know what I mean? I watched it again yeah. today with my mom. So the second time I was able to, you know, just to delve more into the stuff that, you know, he was dealing with as a person, you know, losing a brother and not being there when his brother was dying. And he picked fame and stardom over you know and it and he missed that moment and it presented itself again and i think what um what that black guy said dia like the black pastor music guy when yeah. he shows up he's like oh i'm lost he goes and now you're found he goes come on in uh you know and it's all about finding that change in your heart and of course like i said it was a big contrived final moment like all these type of movies have like this big spectacle but i i found it sweet overall and i found it even the song that he was singing—that it was, it was not just cathartic, but it was this, this broken person finding something that, you know, was more valuable to him than what he thought he needed. Which, mm. of course, we ultimately knew was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just it be a boring movie, but yeah.
0: Yeah, I just, I didn't just didn't do it need... for you. Well, it's just, I mean, you could, a lot of those things that you said, I feel like you could find in a lot of Hallmark or Lifetime movies, you know, Um, it just, it felt, it felt like a soap opera, you know, and I did say the acting was good. I also felt like, the this the music was good in it i was surprised by the inclusion of a doobie Brothers song that came oh. out of nowhere although it fit that scene very well but um yeah and again i'm 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 not saying the movie yeah it's not i, I mean it's pretty heavy-handed with the inclusivity stuff um but uh and and again not that i'm opposed to that i just think it's been done way better in other films so in in that way it didn't really even service that very well um again there were especially at the beginning as they're setting up this character i don't like the way that they chose to uh for for things to unfold like the very little that you that you learn about him at the beginning is uh from a scene of him about to do a show when he was in this boy band called uh what was it stereo 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 dream and he was like the the main guy in it um and then there's like some news report talking about him and that's, that's giving you the background information that kind of sets up the character and sets up the story. I felt that was a terrible way to do it, you know, because you're not really letting us into who this man is, you know, just telling it to us that way. Um, there were some scenes that, again, were just so cheesy, um, so, again, contrived and forced and artificial, like when he hasn't been to the drum circle in a while, and then he comes back, and the teacher's like, okay, who's gonna be our heart? Oh, um, I forget the character's name. Uh, Vince. Vince. Oh, Vince, you be our heart, and of course he's gonna pick him. Why would he pick anyone else? Because it's his moment, it's his movie, it's his scene. It's like... The, and there were you know uh the the main the main conflict towards the beginning when uh he 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 gets you know the boy um whose name was stevie uh stevie right he he finally can, he convinces him and his mom to come do this performance at this pub and then when you know the someone in the crowds get under, you know, I guess not understandably, but, um, expectedly. So, you know, at this pub, um, starts to get out of hand and rowdy and no one else stops him. You know, no one else says, Hey man, cool it, relax, you know? Um, and he's like picking on the boy even on, on both of them. And, and Vince like stands up for him, maybe goes a little bit over top and like starts a fight with this guy. I felt like, again, the I felt like for the most part, the mom wasn't very, uh, very likable. Um, and again, I, I'm sure it was written this way um, to show her her evolution throughout the film. But It was so frustrating to see her not be able to empathize with that. He was trying to protect her son the whole time, which is why he did that. Sure. She then later says that like she put him in danger and yeah, you could see that, but it's like, at least give him, cut him some slack. And say like, yeah, it was a it was a, a bad situation. It was an uncomfortable position. I wish it wouldn't have happened. You put my son in danger, but hey, you were sticking up for him, and I appreciate that. Like, that 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 didn't really happen. Uh, so, um, the well, I think part of that was also it's this forty
1: four like forty year old, thirty seven year. old I don't know how old he was, but like. This like 30-something-year-old man who just became friends with her son and she's been overprotective. Like, her son doesn't do anything without her. So I think that part of it... Like, again, I do agree that, like, she was unlikable for, for a majority of the movie because she's just being so overprotective and it was... I, I do feel it was written that way. And I think that's why there was no slack cut because she didn't want to cut anybody slack. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. At least I, it felt like it was true to her character which was unlikable, which is why she wouldn't give anyone slack. And I was going to say in the bar, there was a lady who was telling the guy to shut up, but then that's all, that's all it was.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, and you, you know, and I think mainly it was, it was hard for me to see beyond, you know, what, what you mentioned of just these cliche cliches. Right. And especially with the main character, like, because. It's 2023 and we've already been through so many boy bands, you know, going back to even, you know, Menudo and uh, okay. New Kids on the Block. And then the, the late 90s, early 2000s, Backstreet Boys and SYNC, like we know what the... You know used to be famous character is supposed to be like so because it's kind of a plug-and-play character he doesn't need to tell us exactly you know um or, or show us what that conflict was like um you know what the conversations were with the other bandmates why inexplicably this guy um is is you know a few uh a few, almost like a few weeks away from like being homeless, you know, where, so like where out of all this time, he, he has no money left. He has no connections, you know, except for, you know, the one ba- bandmate, you know, who became really famous that he does reach out to. But um it's just really, it, it, it was such a drastic drop inexplicably to that point where, yeah, you're like completely, tied off completely separated from this world um that you're you only get your next break again because you know uh serendipitously someone shot a video of you performing you know with the boy um and then pretty much an impromptu set that sounded rehearsed and then happened to go viral um again it's just like taking these shortcuts not developing things well not not um it's just bad storytelling and it's just it's just again while i while even i you know enjoyed the the redemptive arc at the end and because i'm a human with flesh and blood yeah it was like (laughs) yeah the ending is good or whatever and it's uplifting but aside from that it was just yeah like I don't like lifetime movies. And I will say what this was
1: the one thing I agree with what you just said. Was I do wish we saw more of what led him to break, you know, to leave the group or get kicked out of the group?
0: Because again, I, I, I mean, and let, let well, let's be fair, right? They do show that it was he had to make a decision. Well, him... no, actually, actually, that's that was just that's actually that decision was why he ended up not being Listen. there for his brother when he died yes. and he stayed in the group we yes. don't actually see what broke the group up yeah we which don't would know, have been like, important
1: like right to me like what i would have liked because this is what again like you said i had a feeling in my head i felt that that now he got depressed and he got sad and he was upset and he again it caused friction because he missed his brother's you know he missed his brother and that led to his to maybe drugs maybe not maybe fighting i do wish we would have seen what led to the breakup because again was he kicked out because he wasn't really there anymore or did he quit and i think that's the one i would agree with you i wish they would have explored more on like hey why did they break up and even when the vince character told austin like he goes oh he goes oh oh yeah you should have stood up for me back then like then i was like was he talking about the time when he didn't want to go on tour or was he talking about a whole nother time you know what i mean i'm like so there was a lot that they left. And again, I don't know if it was cut out or they just didn't think about showing it that I wish they would have developed more on, like, what led to this breakup, you know, from him well, leaving the clearly band.
0: There was all, clearly, there was an element with the, the manager character, yeah. who, again, is another character that we've heard of from that circumstance you know this this person who wields this power over these young boys or over britney spears or whatever and Mm. you know ends up you know pretty much dictating what they're what they're able to do you know is again what was the what was the elvis guy what was his name Uh, Uh, colonel parker colonel parker yeah the colonel Mm. parker in every one of these tales so clearly they had this character in there but again just dynamics of that were just not given to us that that, you know while there's a framework that we can recognize we're like oh there's that character clearly that that probably created some major issues and and still continues to do so they even show afterward when he decides i guess i guess he decided not to go on tour with uh um, what'd you call him? Ethan, Austin Roberts, Austin Roberts with Austin, Austin Rob. Yeah, it, I guess he decided not to go on tour. And there's like a brief moment where they show Austin and the manager seemingly having an argument. I don't know what it was, we don't hear it. There was like a musical montage going on over it.
1: Well, oh no, that, that, so that's when he left the like papers, he left the papers for him to sign, and then he just looked up, and then that's when it cuts to the birthday part at the end.
0: Yeah. But, um, but the, and then they showed Austin and the manager in the, in the recording studio having a, a discussion that didn't seem like a happy discussion. Oh, yeah. It no, yeah. Like, he went in know, there. They, they were, yeah. I think they, they were talking, but, we but like, we don't know. Yeah. We don't know. So ultimately, we know that this manager character is, is like an insidious figure. Yeah. But and I, and so we don't know have... if
1: he's we don't know if he signed or not. We just know that he went to the birthday. Yeah. But yeah. I was gonna tell you since you brought up Austin, I actually liked Austin Roberts' character because yeah. I kept waiting for him to do a jerky thing or say something jerky to to Vince. But he actually yeah. showed up at, at the performance, even though he was a little bit late. You know what I mean? And he and even though like he left, he he kept trying to extend, um. I guess, I don't know if he felt guilty or if he felt anything, but he kept trying to, you know, to help out, you know, Vince once it kept going. And I kept expecting, because there was a lot of cliches, I kept expecting him to say something kind of backhanded and jerky to, uh,
0: yeah, to
1: Vince. But I actually liked yeah. his character because I felt like it did subvert a lot of cliches because I'm like, he was this big superstar. He was like, hey, this guy was my friend, uh, you know, and he kept, he kept trying to go to bat for him.
0: Yeah. And then admitted, you know, or even uh, apologize for what you know yeah. for whatever he did or didn't do, you know, way back when.
1: Yeah, because he's like, yeah, I could have been there for you more. You know what I mean? And so I did like I did I did think that character like subverted a lot of uh, the cliches that I was expecting.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And again, I don't know anything that the manager did that was horrible except kept saying that hey, we might forget about you, so don't take too long.
0: Yeah, I mean, there were things, again, there were these signs like he tried to change, you know, later on uh, or in oh, present yeah. time when, you know, they're bringing him on board as a, as a support act on this yeah. tour. And now he's trying to change his sound. He's the one that convinced them, or, you know, manipulated him into not bringing Stevie along mm. and, and then is trying to get him to sign this contract. So, again, it's like those elements are there. But uh, it's not real character and, development. It's and very then I 3 think, dimensional.
1: And I think this is where, like, I differ on you a little bit. Like, I don't think he manipulated at all. Like, I think with the story, at least the story I was picking up, is, and I, I do think it, I mean, it wasn't real. It was just obstacles being placed in Vince's way, and it was all about trying to, you know, show Vince. I'm like, all right, well, do you want it? And you have to make your decision. Well, he he picked going on tour instead of being with Stevie, and it was all about. You know, that selfishness that, you know... Well, this is what I want. Well, if you want it, you're going to have to sacrifice this. And he kept doing it. And, man, what was... um. And it's just like other movies were reviewed, like, you know, Green Knight. I just think it kept giving him opportunities to do the right thing and not do the right thing. And he kept... Again, he kept reliving, like, the same mistakes he did. And I guess the one thing that popped to mind, and this is what pops to my mind... Um, was um it was a verse which is again mark eight thirty six, like for for what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul or what shall a man give in exchange for a soul and i think that's what kept going through my head when i was watching this movie even the, especially the second time i was like he was just willing to trade everything the first time like again when he had to make that decision you want fame or do you want to go see your brother and he's like no I, well he chose you know what i mean and then when we catch up with him again, he's trying to recapture that to fill whatever he feels is was lost inside him. And again, he's being offered all these things, like everything he's ever wanted. And he keeps choosing it because, you know, he's human and we need a story. And I think at the end, I, I like to believe he didn't sign because he's like, you know what? I'm going to take that job in the drum circle and I'm going to teach these people because, you know what? I didn't need, I don't need the fame to fix what's inside me. And I think that's what, even when he looks at Stevie at the end and says, it's your time now, like you said, everything in the movie was all about him, like when he was chosen to lead, when he was chose, And then when he, I do feel that when he said, you know, it's your time now, you know what I mean? He was giving it away because he's like, you know what? I don't need to be the center right now. You you take it. And, I, and I, I think that's why, again, I might have looked deeper into it than, you know, other people were, but that's what I was feeling when I was watching this movie about, a man who came to the point where he's like, I don't need to be the center of attention. I, I can help other people. And through that, it's, it's helping me heal what's inside me.
0: Yeah. I just, and, and I, to me, the, uh, and with all th- that said, I th- of th- course, th- it
1: could have been told, it could have been told a little, you know, better. Yeah, but those I mean, are I, the things again, I was you're, picking you're up You're
0: saying that you're you're excavating and you're also filling in holes and then you know you're thinking about it you know deeply and all this stuff and yes all of that stuff is there but it's or, or all that stuff can be found but it's it, it's not what was what was presented you know on the surface um And, and, and I also, and it it was also like, I don't know. I, I, I really don't know. I just, uh, and again, I, I'm there are obviously because, uh, I mean, this movie has an 84% audience score and an 80% critic score. So, um, there's clearly audiences, you know, that gobble this up. It's just not for me. And, and it's fu- um, very
1: it's funny, that eighty percent critic score, it's literally eight out of ten. There's
0: only ten reviews. Yeah. Yeah, I'll give you another scene. Right. So Um the the first gig goes horribly. Well it goes um, well, the mom's horribly. The mom, sure. The mom goes, Yeah, never doing that again. Vince goes off to do some soul searching because to see his mom and, yeah. and eddie i guess even though that was wait, a difficult who, moment wait who's eddie Drew, stevie stevie uh found something in it discovered something enjoyed maybe performing or or what you know he found with vince or just that experience though initially probably frightening and scary um uh he was able to to pull something positive out of it to the point where you know without vince knowing he's like oh even though he's this you know beyond socially awkward i mean he's he's autistic and has just social issues it's why he's a part of this drum circle um it's why he uh is very very crip you know is, is crippling shy and is you know we're led to believe he's incapable of kind of you know uh, performing well in in these social circumstances but anyway all of a sudden you know without taking baby steps or without showing us you know a growth journey or anything almost from one moment to the next he's walking into all these pubs and he's selling even at times yeah really being a salesman uh to these bar owners and these managers for them to give them another another gig and he's confident and he's got bravado and he's got personality and it was just an unbelievable i have to imagine you know though i can't speak from personal experience but uh, almost utterly unrealistic trans growth and transition in a short amount of, of time without showing us really you know the steps To get there or even even if it was just a bold leap into that it wouldn't have gone as as successfully and as flawlessly as it did for him so it was just another point where it's like okay you're trying to tell your story this is a part of your story but i'm just not buying it
1: well he did get some rejection on that in the beginning but it wasn't crippling to him it wasn't but what I think it represented, again, this is my opinion trying to – no, what I thought that represented was when he did that, I think he might have been capable of that all along, but his mother wouldn't let him do anything. Even in the beginning when she, when she catches him playing with Vince in the beginning, she's like, what are you doing? You can't be alone. He can't do this by himself. And him just being always caged by his mom like was, was stunting his – not necessarily stunting his girl. Like, he may have been capable of it for a whole time. But just being so protective, you don't you don't even see what he's capable of. Which ultimately when he did it again, it is more exaggerated because it's a movie. Because the guy just the kid just left in the middle of the night, made a flyer and started going around. But I think it was to show that, hey, this is what he's capable of capable capable of if you know, if you just let him be himself. Instead of keep keep reminding him that he can't do things and he's not capable.
0: Well, it's possible and that sounds very nice with a cherry on (laughs) top, but I can't jump to that conclusion based on what was presented. Yes, it's possible that the, the mother was a helicopter mom to that extent. It didn't seem that way. I mean, at the beginning, he's at the He's at the park or whatever by himself when he when he initially starts drumming or you know she's she's in the distance somewhere he's got but she, walked separation. Yeah. Well,
1: she walked away yeah she she walked away from she's like I've been looking for you everywhere where'd you go
0: So there's that they're in the drum circle where he's able to socialize but she's um, right
1: next to him in that drum circle
0: yeah but again but it's still it's it's it, it could have been that or or sure. again when we when we meet him, in some instances his um, his ailment appears to be so debilitating that it's almost inconceivable you know that he'd be able to make that leap at that yeah. point So again, I don't know if, it, if if ultimately the movie is better by thinking more profoundly about it or by not thinking and just accepting <laughs> what's there.
1: Well, I was told by a good friend of mine once that, you know, we do a disservice to a movie by just watching it and not thinking about it afterwards.
0: Yeah, but thinking is one thing when you <laughs> no, are again, you know, like, 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 like the Green Knight. Yeah, evaluating, you know, what's presented and 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 you know, measuring and dissecting, you know, the many layers of the character, of the development, of the script. Of the images, you know, again, as I said, this was very comparable to either a Hallmark movie or a soap opera. I don't think it was a soap opera. Or it is, it is, I mean, it is uh, really... uh, what I come to expect from a uh, most Netflix original <laughs> movies, you know, but it, it
1: was based. It, it is based on an award winning short. Also the short was like mm-hmm. 16 minutes long.
0: What was uh, the award?
1: No, it had a whole bunch of them. I didn't remember any of them. It had like a full page of just awards going down, but, um, so I'm guessing you, you <laughs> I say for the after credits, by the way, and I, and I liked the after credits. Did you see that or no? no? No. It's nothing to see. It's literally because it was just running, and it ends after all the credits play and the music dies down. You hear, like, the three harmonica notes, and I thought it was cute uh-huh. that, his, that his brother used to play.
0: So, yeah. Yeah.
1: So, I guess we set our piece on it. you had anything else? Any other thoughts on it?
0: Not really. Um, I guess again, I was. It's not unexpected because I imagined that something like this was in play, but I guess the um, the the actor Leo Long, who plays Stevie, yes, it says he's neurodivergent yes. and diagnosed with a speech and language condition. Yes, long said he is determined to make the industry more people friendly for disabled musicians and actors. Um, again, not a cause or an effort that I'm opposed to, or that I would stand in the way of, but, um, you know, you, you have, you have to do that, you know, with stories that are more, uh, relatable. Um, that are with characters that are far more rich and profound and human you know than these two-dimensional figurines Um, I have a list of movies that I would recommend to people um, outside of this one if, if they want something like this but they actually want a good version of it there are uh, I have a list of films. You mentioned one already, which is about a boy. Um, great, great uh, movie about you know the relationship mm-hmm. between uh, a father figure and a and a boy. Also with a great musical scene in it. Um, School of Rock, much better premise uh, and story and performances than this one. Uh, the musical Once. Once. Um,
1: oh, yeah, I did think of Once when I was watching this, yeah.
0: Much, much better film than this. Uh, here's a movie that I've never even seen, but I could probably <laughs> tell you is better than this, uh, which is Coda. Which won Best Picture? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's on Apple. Uh, it's. Uh, I haven't seen it. Uh, I would see it. I'm not opposed to seeing it. I just haven't gotten around to it. I can almost guarantee that it's better than this. And the last one is one that we reviewed on our podcast. um, At the beginning of this season, I want to say, or it might've been the end of season one. Bullet train, but it's sound of metal.
1: Okay. Um, I do think it was a season,
0: you know, also deals with, with similar themes. Uh, Again, much better film, much better characters, much better storytelling and filmmaking um it was cool to see this movie set in rye lane again after we after we um reviewed that film rye lane apparently that's the other uh, only place in england where there's a music scene and it's trendy and hip i guess based on the evidence of these two films
1: all of all, all of the uk is just Rye lane and Notting hill to me
0: and um also another observation that became more apparent to me than in most other british films that i've seen uh, maybe it was just these characters but man the british people say in it a lot <laughs> yeah. in it- it's a it's a rainy day in it uh, that's a crappy song in it want to have some, or no, I mean, just, it was, it was in there a lot. It was. Uh, So, yeah. That's it for me. Um, I would like to say, I have a fun fact, but, it's really not very fun, so I don't even want to say
1: it. I will, I will say, I think out of all the movies you mentioned, um, About a Boy is the most comparable to this one, because, you know, it's, Almost similar, where it's, it's a guy who needs to change who he is, and meets a kid, and there's, you know, socially awkward, and they, they help each other grow. But the other ones, I mean, I, like, I, I did think of other ones, like, like, once, but I don't, like, once is a whole different type of story. Even though everyone out there should yeah, go I mean, out there's and watch once.
0: There's elements of it, I think, that are similar, yeah. Like, there's like I music. agree with you that a, <laughs> a boy is the most... Uh, yeah. Well, and, I mean, it's
1: and, and it's unfair to compare any movie to a Hugh Grant, uh, vehicle because you know he's the man.
0: Sing, single-handedly, um, elevating the level of anticipation for Wonka. <laughs> oh,
1: I don't care how many protests there are.
0: He's amazing. Yeah.
1: But all right. Um, so, what's your not so fun fact? Since I won't play,
0: uh, I won't play the ha- the fun fact music it's not fun at all um the song that austin sings when vince comes to visit him titled daughter which he says is written for his daughter was in fact written by director and co-writer eddie sternberg for his daughter there you go that's there was that's not that's not a sample of the song
1: I did see in the credits, like I forgot who wrote all the songs for Tin Man. Mm. And overall, like I again, I didn't, I didn't dislike Tin Man's music. I, I even liked no. their
0: their rendition of Rising Sun. Oh, oh yeah, no, like I said, the music was good. Um, man, I've never, I mean, it, it's been a long time since I've seen someone go that hard on the synth, on the, synth, the, synth, the synthesizer. <laughs> synthesizer um, that <laughs>
1: dude dude that guy had it hooked up to a car battery bro i uh
0: i was so surprised he didn't go with the uh guitar um because that i think makes more sense for like a one-man band uh especially a former boy band member dude, but, if he was uh, on the guitar uh, yeah. while stevie was on the pots and pans yeah yeah, but it was no, the music was good and like I said, um the acting was good. Ed Skrine, I think, is a decent actor from the things that I've seen him in. I thought he was good in, in Deadpool. I don't know what else I've seen him in, but um but yeah, he you know, it wasn't his fault that I didn't like this movie. Um, I think he didn't have the greatest material but i thought he brought as much life to the character as he could and i think you could say the same for most of the performances ultimately mm-hmm. it was choices beyond them that uh really make this a oh, subpar film for me
1: uh, i would tell ed was in attila battle angel maleficent mr savita
0: alita yeah Attila. Yeah, <laughs> Alita, Attila and, the Hutt.
1: Uh, <laughs> and um, he Different will be story. in Rebel Moon. By the way, by uh, by our boy Zach. Oh, okay,
0: Zach Snyder.
1: Yeah, and he was in a couple episodes of Games of Game of Thrones.
0: He was in Midway.
1: Midway, I didn't see Midway, but yeah, he was. I
0: don't. Th- yeah, he was in Mal- Maleficent, Maleficent, the, the Mistress of
1: Evil. Yeah. Uh, oh, he was yeah. in the transporter refueled. Which I mean, yeah,
0: Frank did he Martin play Jr.? the? Tra- he, I think he actually played the transporter.
1: Yeah, like he took Statham, over. I don't
0: think. Yeah. Played. Uh, um.
1: Oh no, yeah, because uh, Jason Statham played Frank Martin in the first three movies, and then and then it Oh, it says guy. he
0: played Frank Martin Jr.
1: Yeah, so I think that might be his son. Okay. Uh, and then a uh, northman of a Viking saga i don't know if that was a good movie but yeah but i like said is like... not,
0: that <laughs> is not the same movie as <laughs> was likeckers
1: no <laughs> <laughs> but um again i i again i thought he did a really good job i'm a sucker for movies about brothers about redemption and yeah, and feel good movies i that that was my lane i watched it with my daughter and she loved it and again i enjoyed it and I like that it wasn't it wasn't overly offensive. They had a couple of curse words in there, you know. They didn't throw in like him walking out of the bathroom, showing his oh. butt or anything.
0: The label "feel good" can be so deceptive. It can be a decoy. It's it's it's,
1: it's very subjective. subjective. It's very subjective.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll say that because but... some
1: people feel good watching a slasher flick, and some people feel, feel good watching this movie.
0: Yeah. But I think when you, when you slap that label on there, I think there is a specific yeah. 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 You could say that, you know, and it, I mean, I'm trying to think what was the last feel good movie that I felt good about I don't know. Uh, I don't have enough time on here to think think through that one. Like, I I mean, Rye Lane I felt pretty good about, but that was a romantic comedy slash feel-good movie.
1: Well, here's a question for you. What's your uh, go-to feel-good movie? So you know what, I'm just going to put this in because I just want to watch it and just get a little pick-me-up.
0: I don't think it's um... – It would be labeled a feel-good movie. You know, it'd be like a comedy or a romantic comedy that, you know, has that feel-good element. But it's...
1: well, What what would yours be? Cheaper by the Dozen? That's a feel-good movie.
0: No. Um, Comedy, this is comedy, drama, as the genre is. Um, Feel-good movie. Hmm. That's a tough one, man.
1: Because it could be, it could be a romantic comedy, and be a feel good movie. Like if you said Notting Hill, you know, what I mean, that's still a romantic comedy, but it's a feel good movie. Like, it gives you the feels, the warms at
0: the end. Uh, I, maybe love, maybe love, actually, yeah, uh, something like that. One that I just watched the other
1: night, which I watch every few months. Apparently, I just realized. Uh, Remember the Titans. Like I, 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 always watch it when I'm like I'm in a funk. I'm like, oh, let me just put this on, and I'm like, maybe I'll put this on to fall asleep, and I end up staying up the whole time watching it. Yeah. And everything about it just makes me feel good. Even like the accident, and all the dialogue. I was like, oh, such a good movie.
0: Did there's a quote from that movie that replays in my head every almost every day at work? Because champions pay the price no attitude <laughs> reflects leadership uh, okay captain yes <laughs> almost every day at work i'm reminded of that quote <laughs> all, right, just, all right and it just i just sit down and think about my life and think about how that applies
1: you should just put that movie on to, to tomorrow just like let me watch this
0: Yeah, that's a pretty feel good movie, I guess. Yeah. All right. Um, I think we can put this one to bed. All right. Here we go. Since it was your choice, you're up Uh, first with a radio. And we're, yeah. You're the heart.
1: Okay. Okay. So this movie, um, it was it was cliche. I think it was cliche. wasn't boring to me. It was it was a, it was cliche, but it was cliche done okay, good enough that I would recommend it to people. <laughs> I've already, I've, already, I've already, cause i because I don't want to go against you because you made some good points. But I've not only would I recommend this, I've already recommended it to for four people. And I sat down and watched it with my mom this afternoon before we watched it again. I do think there's stuff that you can gleam off of this um, movie. I think it's just a good movie if you just want to sit down and watch it. It's not a great movie, not a perfect movie. It has a, a fun end, it's just a fun movie to watch. So, for that reason, I will give it a 3.5. Yikes. What are you, yikes, mine?
0: Staggeringly high.
1: Staggeringly I actually brought it. High. I actually think I brought it down a little bit. It was. I think I was going to go with a hard four, but I was like, you know what? I won't go four because even though that would have been an an eighty percent, eight out of ten. But I decided to. It is. It is above average to me. It's recommendable.
0: Above average.
1: It is above average because there's because I said it, I like I liked it. It's down. It's right down my alley but I understand people who would not like this. I think if our compatriot was with us, he would not have liked this movie either.
0: Yeah. For me, I'm going to say in actuality, this movie was the definition of average. Um, I think in, in the way that you described it as feel good, I think it is, probably a dramatic comedy popcorn movie where you know unless you are really going to have to force yourself to uh, think positively about this movie like kevin did um, i think really you just can just watch it not think much about it the emotional parts are not really super emotional the conflict is not really consequential conflict um and even the climax is somewhat uplifting but again because because the rest of it was so shoddy even that is stunted um dramatically so while the movie had a good performances, while I think even that the music is noteworthy and is perhaps the best thing that this movie has going for it outside of a runtime under two hours, um, which if you have to watch this, at least that makes it palatable. <laughs> um, my recommendation would not be to watch this. It would be to watch uh, again on other movies that offer either similar plots or just similar elements you know if you want to watch a movie with good music in it you know go watch once or go watch school of rock um you know or and and so on and so on although you know if you ignore me there's an 80 percent chance that you might like this so whatever if you like feel-good movies if you like lifetime movies um if you like cheesy movies, uh, then have at it. But, uh, but those of us who don't and who prefer more depth in our cinema, something a little bit more exciting and thought provoking and not, uh, cliched and artificial, uh, then skip it for me. One out of five. Oh, my. Which, considering the movie, is kind of a glowing review compared to some of the other ratings that I've given.
1: I thought we were going to get the
0: big old zeros. No. And with my choice up next, I'm going to make up for it. So, So with that,
1: don't forget to join us next week. So yeah. we could uh, get more in depth and you could see our next exciting chapter.
0: Yeah. And I also you know, want to take this moment to announce that uh, just on a personal level, Ke- Kevin and I will both be taking a break from social media after we post uh, a promotional tweet and Instagram post for this episode. So while we still have some episodes left in this season and beyond that, I don't know when I'll return to social media. I'm sure my life is going to be a lot better without it. So I might want to prolong that. Um, so the best way, therefore, to you know follow along is just going to be to subscribe, whether it's on Spotify or Apple or our YouTube channel. So that. You know, you can get those notifications uh, and keep up with all the latest episodes uh, because probably won't be any tweets promoting or any Instagram posts. Um, I'll still, I'll still do our web, our website um, post on there, but no you, social media. You can so, still
1: comment on our YouTube? If you have any suggestions for movies, yeah, and we're gathering them up because it's season three. We'll be. We'll be reviewing some that aren't picked by
0: us. Oh, yeah, sure. So, yeah, that's that. Anyway, um, this was fun. Uh, Thanks for the pick, and thanks for the conversation. Um, And, yeah, until next time. Later, haters.
1: Love you.